Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go back to Mark chapter number 6. Mark chapter number 6, verse 25 through 34. This is uh, one of the gospel um, passages of the feeding of the multitude with just five loaves and two fishes. It's in all four gospels. We started yesterday talking about the Lord of the little. The Lord of the little. And on the last podcast, we talked about how he's the Lord of little fears. In verse 35 and 36, those disciples came to him saying, these folk are hungry. And uh, we don't know if you can do anything about it. I mean, basically, why would you ask the Lord and bring all that to the Lord if you if you were believing he could do what he did? They were fearful. They were worried. They were doubtful. And uh, before you get too critical of them, let's think about how many times we are the same way, have a problem that we just think is just too big for God. And so he's the Lord of little fears. You know, this great, grand, glorious God that we serve that a lot of times we only think, you know, he specializes in the spectacular. You know, God uh, majors on the miraculous, and he does. He does. He's nothing too hard or big for God. But I, I want you to understand he, uh, he's interested in that which is insignificant and small and little, and we feel that way sometimes. He's the Lord of little fears. Number two, he is the Lord of little faith. Because if you look at verse 37 and 38, he said to them, give you them to eat. And they said, you want us to go buy 200 penny worth of bread and give it to them? And then he said, how many loaves have you? And they said, we've got five and two fishes. Little faith. You say, why do you say that, preacher? Because he's saying if they're hungry, give them something to eat. And when Jesus hears the fears of these men, he says, well, you men go feed them. He's using a direct order. This command is immediately met with an expression of absolute unbelief. And you can tell that from John's gospel because Philip is the one that's doing the speaking. Uh, John 6 and verse 7, he says, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. And that penny there refers to a denarius, which was like a day's wages for the average worker. It would have taken the average worker eight months to earn the amount of money that Philip's talking about. Modern terms, it'd be about $10,000. It was more money than he had and more than they could hope to collect, especially on short notice. So, Lord, even if we had $10,000, we couldn't satisfy all these people. And so, you know, we couldn't even give them a taste it's impossible. So what they're facing here is an impossible situation. And Jesus looked right at them and said, feed them. And the disciples answered and said, we can't. We don't have the resources. It's a problem that they can't solve. These men considered their problem, and they summed it all up as insurmountable. They were facing an impossible challenge. Even though they'd already seen Jesus turn water into wine, they'd already seen Jesus heal lepers, they'd already seen Jesus cast out a legion of demons, They'd already seen him calm a violent storm. They'd already seen him heal people with incurable diseases and even raise a dead body. It didn't matter that he'd proven himself to them more times than they could even remember. All that mattered at the moment is they've got an obstacle right now, right before their eyes. 
Boy, ain't that the truth in our life? They looked at the need and they said, we can't and we don't believe you can either. That's little faith. And before we judge them, let's take a look at our own faith. Why should we doubt God today? Why, why should we doubt God today when we've got so many points of reference in our past of what God can do? We're as bad or worse than they are. Has God ever failed you? No. He's never failed me. You ever had a genuine need that he didn't meet? No. You ever seen him fail to keep one promise he's ever made? Not one. The fact is, God has never failed us, and he never will. Didn't he save you? Didn't he change your life? When you asked him by faith, didn't he do that? Did he not forgive your sins? Did he not replace the turmoil that was in your soul with sweet peace because you had faith? Hasn't he given you assurance after assurance that you belong to him and that it's well with your soul? If he can do that, it seems to me that he can do anything. How much faith did you have when you came to him for salvation? You didn't have a lot of faith. You didn't have the great faith that you may have today on that day. Your faith was small. It was frail. It was fearful. It was limited. It may have been the smallest amount of faith you've ever had. You didn't have any faith until he gave it to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 teaches us that. Yet with small faith, there was sufficiency to connect you to a big God who was able to save you on the basis of that faith. And when our tiny faith touches the great, grand, glorious God, boundless grace, our tiny faith comes in contact with boundless grace, and God saved us forever. Tiny faith, small faith, little faith. It doesn't take great faith to get great answers. It doesn't take large faith to get large answers. It doesn't take uh, big faith to get big answers. You consider these verses, Matthew 17, 20. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. When that father of the demon-possessed child came, Jesus said to him, if, you can, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. That was little faith. Matthew 21, 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do that which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. God honors little faith. He's the Lord of little faith. He can do nothing with unbelief. But James said this in chapter 1, verse 6, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. When we act like these disciples and look at the problem instead of the problem solver, we can expect nothing but failure. But when we believe God, even for the impossible, we will see him do the incredible time after time. Jesus is the Lord of the little, even little faith. You say, preacher, my faith is so small today. He's the Lord of that small faith. Over and over again in the scripture, we see a phrase, O ye of little faith. Those words run through the Gospels, almost as a refrain of music, reminding us that the disciples had 
this wavering trust. And it probably reminds you of yourself, and I know it reminds me of myself. And Jesus would rebuke that. He would rebuke it. Thank God it was with tenderness, but yet it was still with rebuke. And he'd say, have you not seen God feed the ravens? Have you not seen God clothe the lilies? He said, how much more is God going to feed you, clothe you? And I'm telling you, the winds and the waves can come against us like they came against those disciples on the Sea of Galilee. And yet we're reminded he was with them in the storm. He stilled the storm. Oh, ye of little faith, he said in Matthew 8, 26. Every wave will hold, you know, your feet if you only keep your eyes upon me, Peter. But you doubted. You doubted, Matthew 14. You little faith. Did you not remember how I fed the thousands and, and, and there was leftovers? Matthew 16. But you're of little faith. He rebuked them. He rebuked them. Oh, ye of little faith. And I'm telling you, our faith, sometimes it wavers. That, uh, that, that, that phrase, oh, ye of little faith, it's our English way uh, of, of rendering just one Greek word uh, mashed up of the words little and faith. It means like meager confidence, weak believing. I find myself so many times with, with, with my own personal life, uh, with, with uh, folks in my church, and, and, and when problems arise, of being little faith. But what an encouragement today that it doesn't take a lot of faith. It's not the amount of faith that matters. It's the object of your faith that matters. And when we put our trust in the Lord, when we put our trust in the Lord, we no matter if it's a large faith or if it's a small faith, he's still the great God. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It is my life verse. Trust in the Lord. With all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So if you're feeling insignificant today, if you're feeling small, if you're feeling tiny, and that that comes to all of us, just remember he's the Lord of the little. He's the Lord of your little fears. He's the Lord of your little faith. But it's not the amount. It's the object. And if you've got your trust in him, you'll not fail. Go out today and be salt and light. Don't miss the next Treasures of Truth podcast. We're going to go further in this Lord of the Little. But go out today. This world's dirty and dark. It needs some purification. You're the salt of the earth. It needs some illumination. You're the light of the world. If you're listening to this in the evening, plan on purpose. I'm going out tomorrow, and I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to be salt and light. And don't miss the next Treasures of Truth podcast as we go back into this study on the Lord of the Little. God bless you.